1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition. Over 125 years ago, the Columbian Exposition was staged in Chicago on Lake Michigan's shoreline. Visitors from around the country and world were first introduced to many industrial technologies and commercial offerings that would shape 20th century culture. This book explores a collection of event photographs and juxtaposes them against a set of modern images to catalog the living remnants in art and architecture around the city as a legacy to the 1893 World's Fair. 1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition, now available from Amazon. Audiobook version available soon. Cool. Hey there, my name is Michael Finney. Welcome to Art Cycle. Uh, this is just a new little broadcast with a couple of people hanging out, talking about um, you know their their creative process or the art they make. Um, you know we're welcome uh, we welcome new people into the group as well. So, do you guys want to introduce yourself? Tell us who you are. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I go by uh, T. S. Morrow on just about uh, all sorts of uh, social media stuff. Um, parents. Uh, I do uh, mostly these days uh, comics-y type stuff. Um, still uh, like to think of myself as an artist in uh, a bunch of different ways, but um, don't do it uh, professionally much at all, really, except for uh, indie type, uh, little book events type stuff. Uh, comics Art Fest in LA is happening next month here in the area. Um, but yeah, um, have uh, some original training in visual arts. Uh, grew up in construction and uh, do a lot of that still, and consider that sort of part of my art practice when I'm feeling that uh, uh, generous about it. But uh, yeah, mostly stick to drawing and whatnot these days. Cool. Very cool. I'm JJ, JJ Byron, um, at keyword crypto JJ. I think most people on Twitter know me from hosting a podcast, Crypto. And I've met a lot of people there, but my real job is as a music composer and sound designer in Los Angeles and the Bay Area, and I make music for all kinds of content. Um, I do a lot of animated TV. Now, um, I'm doing a lot. Well, you dropped out a little bit there, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, also, JJ and I are... Oh. There you're back a little bit. I might be dropping out a little bit. I don't. I'm unfortunately don't think there's much that I can do about it right That's here, right. right now. We'll cope. With yeah. It. Connections go that way sometimes. We're also working on a, a project with Daniel Krawitz, um, where I did some voiceover, and JJ has done some music. So we're 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 chugging along with that. We'll see when it comes out. Excited to to release that in the future. Um, people here. I suppose probably know me as a, a broadcaster or streamer or, um, you know, circling around different uh, crypto wagons. But I do some photography. Uh, I published a book this past year on the Columbian Exposition. Uh, in the past, I'd played a lot of music with a lot of different bands, um, doing records and, and touring around and things like that. Uh, nothing, you know, particularly notable, but we did it. Um, so I, I I like hearing your stuff, JJ, because it's it's nice. You're like exploring all these different um, textures and not necessarily 
obligated to all the social aspects of maintaining a band. Did you be able to like? Do you still do uh, like a good portion of your musical stuff like just for yourself, not not professionally at all? Um, oh well. Oh, are you asking me or are you asking? Uh... Oh, JJ. Yeah, JJ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I um I've been so I've been really so I went to school to study it and leaving school and starting like an experimental punk band and touring the world for about 10 years. That was kind of my, that was my introduction to music. And then where I landed was doing it professionally. But even to this day, I think a lot of what I do, I, I try not to take on work unless I'm, and I realize that's a very privileged thing to be able to do so i'm super grateful but you know it's it's true like sometimes i do have to do stuff that's super commercial and so that i have the opportunity to create room for the other things yeah Yeah, exactly so is that mostly like um like a traditional like album and track stuff that you're doing right now i mean michael mentioned like more textural type stuff uh like what, what grabs you at the moment Let's see. Well, right now I'm I'm scoring a lot of TV, and that's kind of what I'm interested in right now. I haven't actually mm. produced a record of say songs in maybe five or six years. Well, maybe that's not true. I'm working on an album right now, but it's been it's been a work in progress and it's taking a long time. So um, I do love to do that stuff, kind of short form songs, but. I have to say the thing that I'm that I spend most of my time doing now is kind of longer form narration of how to tell a story using sound of music. Yeah. I think you've done so, a I mean, really good um, job with that. Um as far as uh the, the soundtrack work you're doing on the, the video project that we have too. But go ahead, Terrence. Oh no, I was just gonna ask, um like so so to what degree um uh, just to, like finding the, the the next level of inquiry in terms of like the uh, how, how intuitive do you feel that is for you versus like you've made it um, like oh I know exactly what I need to put in right here as the tension is rising uh, kind of thing or do you really like you say I mean you you seem to want to take more more understandably work that that you vibe with. Um, but do you really feel that like, no, I have to, to go in deep and identify with what's going on, you know, in the scene or in the, the, the thematics or the narrative, um, or is it, is it become more mechanical? I hope not more mechanical. Really good question. It's one that I kind of ask myself all day. So I, I feel like everything that I do is, is kind of a challenge. Everything that I do creatively is a challenge, meaning that I go into it having no clue what I'm going to do, even if it's something I've done many times. Video that we're doing together, or lots of animated videos, but at the same time, this thing that we're relatively new, and I'm working with a person who tells a story in a very different using still images instead of animation. So it's like, don't vibe with it at all, but that's what, gets me excited is that i'm doing something new and different working with somebody who speaks a different creative language question but i i, I oh, think yeah that, yeah of course. 
Yeah, I think I'm always kind of looking for something that's going to challenge my. That's the part of, of art that is, is really interesting to me, I guess, is where the um, uh, or to what degree the, the definition is resolved for each person or each artist or craftsman or what have you about um, how much of my soul do I give this? Um, and then how do I go about doing that? Um, and, and most of that is just you feel it out um, and, and you, you learn to trust your intuitions um, in, in various processes just, just by doing. Um, but that, that journey individually of you're like, okay, okay, this is what I had to learn, um, to, uh, meet that challenge, uh, that you describe, or this is how I had to stretch myself, um, to, to rise to that challenge. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, sometimes I choose not to put too much of my soul into something. And then I make the challenge about like, how quickly can I do this? Like sometimes I'll sure. do commer commercial work and I'll be working for brands or products that I really don't care about it. and I'm not even proud that I'm working with. I, I did a, a bunch of music for the, uh, for the uh, promotional intro for the NFL this year, and like oh, wow. it was really cool because everyone's going to hear it. But I don't particularly like the NFL and what it stands for. Sure. So in that case, it's like, well, how how quickly can I do something that is interesting to me to make this worth it? Challenge. So do you find that there was like more, you know, I mean, I'm going to frame it in a certain way here, um, but there was more like technical craft challenges, um, teach you lessons uh, you do personally or how you see things in a more like aesthetically personal way? Back. Uh, an example of this is when I'm going to, when I'm doing a design for for a project which is different than music because music is very emotionally driven but sometimes sound design tell the story what sound effects do you put into a video to make it come to life to make it more realistic not necessarily to tell you when you're happy or sad or when the story needs to rise in tension or resolve but just the but things to give you that key information is it daytime or is it nighttime is it in the city, those things, that's that. That to me is like I get to be a craftsman there and put something together. Technically, all those tools, and I take them. And you know, what we're doing with Daniel Krawitz is I get to do both of those, and I get to do them in a very integrated way. So that's really exciting to me because I get to create this kind of musical piece that has all these different elements that you wouldn't normally think of as music, but I get to use them musically. Right, you you've kind oh, of crafted out like a space that has like an atmospheric um, color in terms of the sound, you know. With with sound. yeah, and that was really fun for me. And Daniel Krawitz is uh, you know a really big fan of orchestral elements and kind of classic classic instruments. So I got to use that instrument instrumentation, which I often don't get to because there are composers in in. Better, there are composers that I compete with that are so much better at that than, than I am. But still, being able to work with Daniel and do that and then know that I was going to be able to make something that he was going to like, it's just, that's really fun. Is it, is it silly that, um, based on what very, very little I know about the project and kind of how you guys were describing it in terms of um, almost more of an animatic rather than an animation, um, and the, exactly I, I think is, I've yeah. seen a few frames here and there. Um, if I think of... of Looney Tunes cartoons um, and that like classical approach to music and sound design. 
um, with yeah a, a heavy emphasis on on well you know well done drawings and cartooning. Yeah, I really hope so. <laughs> that would be a great outcome for that. Yeah, in my opinion, and I think we we have a, a chat group on uh, we have a DM group where we kind of talk about some of our influences and some of that Warner Brothers, uh, which was all Carl Stalling and his, the uh, the. He had access to all of the music in the Warner Brothers archives, so he was actually able to make really crazy. And Daniel's a big fan of that. So, yeah, he created a piece that's completely animatic. It's it's all still images, but he wanted it to be to involve a lot of composition. We call it Mickey Mousing when the music is almost <laughs> like sound design for the story. It's like yeah, it's know, those counterpoints to the action thing that made me think of Looney Tunes, where the music yeah. was very pointedly a presence. Yeah, that's that's kind of what's going on there. And with Daniel before on a previous video, and I knew what he was into. It so I I collaborated with him before, and I knew his the way he communicated. So there's going to be more in the future. It'll be fun too. Oh yeah. So what? Um, like, is it? Uh, um, do you guys? And it's okay if you can't give it away. I'm just curious. Um, like, do you know the form it will take, just in terms of length, um, or like, um, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, number of long. episodes or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if it. I don't know if it'll be an episodic thing, but uh, at least yeah, I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. There. There might be like some larger continuity or universe. I suppose he's trying to craft. Oh, cool. Um, but. For this one, I think it's going to be pretty short. I think about seven minutes is what the um, composited audio comes out to. Yeah, I think what what he's been doing for the last couple of years is developing a character and these little stories around this character. So, and directors to work with because he's not. Uh, no, like they're animatic right now. They're still images, but he knows eventually he wants to animate them. Doesn't have. He's not. Uh, what? How would you say it? He's fine. He wants to put out the content rather than wait until they're perfect and animated to get it out there. And he wants people to use their imagination when they watch. That's so unlike the Hollywood directors that I work with that it's just, you know, a lot of, that's a lot of fun. It's a different thing though, yeah. Got, you know, he's got a great character and interest. Makes these different, um, the different stories and yeah, I, you know, I mean, it already is, but I think it's going, I think he's going to get a lot of people interested in it. What are you working on? Oh, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, for myself, um, yeah, the, um, I don't, I'm actually not exhibiting at uh, Comics Arts LA, um, but I'm hoping to, <laughs> that I have some light contact with who've done some publishing um, with me before, small projects. The world of indie comics is, is really weird and different, and the, um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on comics um, that, yeah, at this point, um, uh, I only do for myself, 
so the the old like you know a deadline is finally what um, what makes you get it done um, isn't quite there for me anymore. Uh, so th- I, I unfortunately spent a lot of time noodling with theme and characters and stuff um, and structure. Um, and I mean, honestly, I, I as silly as it sounds, I'm really thankful for for Mike for creating this opportunity to talk about stuff um, because in a certain way it reminds me. Oh yeah, I've got all that's all, all that stuff I still need to execute on. Um, the uh, the world of indie comics is weird. I'm working on a couple of um, sort of like what would you call like a setup? Goodness, it's a two sided thing about um, sort of my take on gender relations. As like confrontational as that sounds, it's not. It's not really at all. Um, and you know the. It's, it's really weird because I tend to overthink this crap as an artist and, you know, part of what, uh, you know, creates a, a slower production cycle. Uh, one of them is called machine men, um, which is basically like the, uh, the male equivalent, uh, or the male side. Um, and is about a group of young men that loosely is autobiographical, um, very, very loosely. And, um, it almost in always the, is, uh, I, think. Little... Hmm? I think it almost always is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the figuring out of that, like, again, that like, okay, well, how much do I tend, do I bleed stuff in here? Um, you know, you go, okay, well, how much of this do I, you know, uh, basically, I suppose, how much of this creates a good story versus how much of this is just me, you know, reflecting on the past and just, you know, spitting it out with a different filter. Um, and this is, like, to a large degree what, uh, uh, what fascinates me about art. I have a bunch of folks in the, in the little Twitter chat that we were having there um, probably saw me get pretty existential pretty quick because, to me, that's, that's where a lot of art leads um, is these, uh, maybe not confrontation, but contemplation, anyway, of, of some of the, you know, difficult or out there questions. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, a lot of my projects tend to get reach this point. I'm like, oh, crap. Um, I actually have to go back out into life and, like, learn things again so that I can complete the story properly um, rather than just having it be this kind of um, hanging chad uh, uh, approach to the theme. Two stories that I'm kind of working on have been going on for a long time. Um, and so the other one is called Ingest. Uh, oh, let me finish, finish just doing the pitch for Machine Man. Silly. But um, if you've ever, uh, if you know Jack Kirby and all the, uh, the comics genius, um, Stan Lee gets a lot of credit, but uh, Jack Kirby probably deserves more. Uh, he did a machine kind of a underground cult thing that was his take on 2001, uh, where a lot of the, the themes were about um, sort of uh, masculinity and the, the, the place of not violent action, but of, of power in modern society um, and sort of the, the, the facing of fantasy. The, the how you reconcile that um, and Machine Man uh, in 2001 don't don't really reconcile it well. So it was the kind of thing where I was playing around with with you know just frameworks and structures and was like, oh okay, here's an, an interesting sort of more pattern uh, I can make uh, in the overlay here um, where I feel a resonance with themes um, and can try to uh, take a, a personal and and um, pop cultural juxtaposition and shoot it off so it's it's basically uh four 
man-like androids um, who are so lifelike you can't tell the difference um, have all been friends um, and kind of don't get along well in society and all of this. Um, and, of course, their life is connected to some much larger scheme, um, which in my meta playing around with it, um, they come from the island of Dr. Moreau. My pen name is Moreau. You know, it's, it just got, you know, silly and, and you know, um, weird from there. They end up interacting with a mother figure, a father figure. The three-act structure ends up with them confronting, to a certain degree, their own own kind of individual like uh okay i'm i'm the traditional masculine i'm attack every piece of snatch i see in the most simplistic manner i can um and you know it's just it's it's a group of guys you know um and the uh the, the drawing um was was the fun part of it to me in terms of like how do you um keep up the the visual tension uh maybe i'll post some of the uh the improv uh, when the when the chat is over because referencing the i i did um uh, comics criticism podcast for a while and found it to be dancing about architecture in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, which is another, uh, project was born into construction. So my cabin slash, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, you had a, still, still you slowly speaker. being finished, oh, but, uh, Sorry, fellas. I tend. Oh, you're you're just cutting off a little bit because I think maybe your uh, your battery or your headphones or maybe your settings or something. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. My my apologies, but uh, yeah, yeah, working on um, you know just a, a couple of weird comics. Um, you know, doing my usual bits of uh, of doodling and noodling with uh, with figures and forms. I mean the uh, the like I said, the, the, when you're uh, oh no, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, did you say that you used to host a podcast about comic criticism? That's why you know I just go on like this. Um, yeah, the um, <laughs> the the world of comics is is really is way deeper than people would suspect. As far as like um, uh, the the traditional mainstream material, which is mostly fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not one of the guys who's going to like hate on superhero comics. That's stuff's fun, you know. It's whatever um you know it's i i still have superhero comics and stuff that i'm like oh okay i'm in the store let me see what's going on there um but for the most part um the the really interesting stuff being done with the medium of sequential visual art um of of that like that i'm gonna get silly here um but that like what happens in between the panels so to speak um that like what do you suggest um i i used that, um, and I, I still think it's a defensible position, um, that, that comics really is the highest form of two-dimensional art, because if you really go into what a lot of the, the indie folks have experimented with, you'll find every form of, of rendering from painting to charcoal to just actual you know, line drawing. You'll find everything, and people trying to do sequence and timing and all of this with juxtaposed images. Um, and when you realize that all of the same conceptual and compositional principles that apply to a good painting or to graph uh, or any good two-dimensional piece of art um, applies to a panel of, of comics art or of sequential art. And that the 
the multiplicity of rule set that happens once you start really juxtaposing panels within a page and you get really deep into like, there's a guy that if, if anyone listening to this learns anything, look up Frank Santoro and comics workbook, because that shit will blow your mind. Um, and, and will will upend a lot of, of what you think about how the medium function. Um, I did a years and years ago, um, a correspondence course with him. Um, another thing to look up if your folks really want just leap into the deep end, uh, read Robert Lallor's, um, sacred geometry, philosophy and practice, uh, which goes into a lot of how the, um, uh, the visual art world is actually a lot more unified than you think. Um, and yeah, I mean, I still think that, you know, saying, okay, yes, highest form of visual art, because it just does everything just together. Um, and therefore just kind of fractally multiplies or, or nests down all of this stuff. Uh, I, have another, yeah, I still think that's right. Oh, I have no, another question that actually goes back to one of the first things that you said. It's something that, that, that people who are listening might either understand or be interested in or actually struggle with. And that is uh, making for yourself. It's what you asked me about. Yeah. I, I have a hard time actually making art when I was younger, it was all I did. Uh, I think it's what all of us all do. As I find as I get older, it satisfies a part of my, it keeps me sane and it, uh, it makes me feel very proud of what I'm doing, but there's something very ego. Yeah. And it makes yeah. it very hard for me to spend I'm doing it. it. It's like, I'll think about it too much to sit down and actually write music just for me, not for anyone else. The thing is, is I probably have hours and hours, maybe thousands of hours of music that I've made that nobody has ever heard. I've uh, got hundreds of pages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and nobody will ever hear. Yeah. You feel great to make, and it definitely satisfied my ego at the time. And and I'm wondering how, yeah, I just, I, as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, man, I, I wish that I could, I wish I could do that actually right now. Well, I think you hit on the key problem here. Um, I, I really do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the, that, like, I think I put it in the Twitter chat of like, um, you know, it's that tree falls in the forest kind of thing versus like, no one is going to hear this, you know, does it, does it really exist? Uh, you know, kind of, kind of thing. And it, I, I think you're, perfectly hit on on the core thing which it really is an ego thing it was kind of what i mentioned earlier in terms of like um do i actually have something to say and the the uh, for me anyway it comes down to a couple of things which is um because my, my medium is just pretty specific um uh the I do something personal, you know what I mean? Is it without, like, you know, what's the, the I, I quote Goodwill Hunting like an asshole all the time, but it's that like, you know, tell me about you, because otherwise I don't care, you know what I mean? I can go read Shakespeare, I can go read the great works of, of everything, same as everybody else can. Tell me about you. Um, but to do that, you actually have to go out and get involved in life and mix things up and, and like, you know, actually have, have, have a perspective. Um, and that, that, I think that back and forth is, is sort of where where the ego can reliably come from um, in a way that's not just feeling 
um, where, especially as you get older, uh, because there's that thing of like, oh, okay, am I just repeating? Am I just, you know, putting a new spin or a new iteration on, on something really obvious? And, and if you come, I come at it with a critical mindset, you're like, oh, everybody can see that this is just a, like one variable iteration of what came before. Um, that's uh, um, it, just kind of accepting a lot of that, that, um, that it really is all just like turtles all the way down with slightly different uh, shale patterns or what have you. Um, you know, it, it sort of helps. Um, and then that, that next level up is like, okay, so what is the challenge of, of self and art that I'm combining for myself? Um, like for me, the, these, these kind of, uh, I call it gender based. It's not, that's probably a horrible mis mischaracterization. Um, but is, is like helping me get better at my drawing and there's other things that are, I'm putting into it. And, and I, I wonder about that being like just the way that my own medium works and that it's, it's about storytelling. Um, uh, not to like cross the streams too much. Um, but that, uh, that tool chat that you guys had on party line chat, um, a ways back about, um, <laughs> ambiance and storytelling and um, how you you craft uh, uh, narrative music wise um, on you dropped out on us for a second there you still there Fortunately, I'm gonna have to get out of here too I have a I wonder if maybe his batteries that next like challenge for there you. he is there he is you still there? Sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah. Like my actual phone rang. Oh yeah, that's how it goes. Um, yeah, yeah. Just you know, I mean, when, when it's about setting that next challenge for yourself and saying like, okay, um, what? It's why I asked JJ. It's why I asked about what you learned. You know, doing you know slightly more technical or you know to be mean about it, mercenary work. Um, because then you go, okay, suddenly I have more tools at my disposal to tackle my own challenges and suddenly I can do bigger and cooler things. Even if, you know, in the like abyss gazing sense of it, you know, I know that, you know, it's, it's only five variables different. Who cares? You know what I mean? You're, you're, you know what those are and you've, you've defined it well enough and you accept the, the large scale structure of your crap. Uh, I am pretty know, excited okay. to like, you know, put together something. Unfortunately, guys, I'm gonna have to take off. Yeah, that's um, all right. You know what? It's been right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're coming. We're coming up on half an hour, and I, I would say, um, you know, why don't we just call it, call it there for the first one? It was a nice, it was a nice kind yeah, of introduction. Yeah, we did a great pilot. We tested it. Uh, everybody got their their equipment working, uh, myself included, and um, you know, maybe the other guys will see this and and they'll want to hop on in the future. And you know, it's always just kind of at random. You know, they don't even have to be on Sundays at three. It was just a convenient um, habit that is yeah. a, really a convenient time for me, and it's fun to talk. about. Cool. Well, then, um, um, I, yeah, know. I have a new um, a new podcast series that I'm doing called Here. One more time. E a r i s m. There's only one uh. episode published now, but I'm going to be talking with other music composers. Particularly Dude. the 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 composers that I know who kind of work behind the scenes. They they're not, but they're like the hardcore every day, wake up early, make music all day people. Very cool. Nice. Um, let's talk about that and see if we can get some more conversations together with some of these people. 
and um put yeah. some deadlines on myself to get that done yeah no problem <laughs> well uh thanks for hanging out with us today on periscope again my name is michael finney this has been art cycle and we will talk with you all before too long thanks for joining us Thank <laughs> you.